Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeart Podcasts, and how the tech are you? As we close out 2023, I'm looking back on big stories of the year. And one of those is, of course, the legal downfall of one Sam Bankman-Fried, a.k.a. SBF, co-founder of a couple of cryptocurrency companies. And following his comeuppance was that of his rival, Changpeng Zhao, a.k.a. CZ, founder of Binance. That's the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. The two stories are interesting for many reasons. They are somewhat interconnected, so we're going to take a closer look today. Also, we'll talk about the halving of Bitcoin, as in H-A-L-V-I-N-G, the halving of Bitcoin. It's something that a lot of cryptocurrency journals are attempting to explain because it's coming up in 2024. And it's probably something that a lot of crypto-specific journals are trying to explain in an effort to prevent folks from getting the willies about investing in cryptocurrency. Because as I've said a lot of times, the thing that makes cryptocurrencies valuable is that people treat it as though it is valuable. And if folks start to doubt that it's valuable, it loses value. So there's a big incentive to reassure folks. But first, let's talk about crime. So we're going to start with SBF and his companies, Alameda Research and FTX, or I guess I should say his former companies because you know, <laughs> they stopped existing. So he co-founded Alameda in 2017 and then co-founded FTX in 2019. Alameda Research was a trading firm, but instead of stocks, it allowed customers to invest in cryptocurrency itself. 
FTX, on the other hand, was a cryptocurrency exchange. So Alameda, you might invest in a company that deals with cryptocurrency. And in FTX, you could exchange one form of currency for another. And you could also trade in things like crypto tokens and their derivatives, like NFTs, for example. The two companies were meant to be distinct, but it would turn out that they were very much not treated as being distinct. So like a lot of crypto exchanges, FTX minted its own in-house tokens. They were called FTT. The company could award FTT to investors and to customers, and they could hold on to FTT, or they could use it to trade for other types of cryptocurrencies. One big investor in FTX was a competing cryptocurrency, that of Binance. So Binance held uh, millions of dollars in FTT tokens. By the autumn of 2021, FTX reached a valuation of 25 billion with a B dollars, and SBF himself reached the status of billionaire. So for those of you who indulge in schadenfreude, make yourselves real comfy because he's going to have an alarming fall from grace. In 2022, cryptocurrencies in general experienced a significant drop in value. Bitcoin, which at one point had traded at a high of around $60,000 per token, was down to somewhere around $20,000. Other crypto companies faced bankruptcy or dissolution as the value was dropping out of crypto for the time being. And SBF made kind of a name for himself by bailing out several companies that were in trouble. As it would turn out, this would only delay the existential crisis that those companies were facing. In November 2022, the website Coindesk published a piece that would be the beginning of the end for FTX, Alameda Research, and SBF himself. The site published a leaked balance sheet from Alameda Research that showed it was relying heavily on FTT, the house token of FTX. This is kind of like saying everyone believes that you're a millionaire, but then it turns out that your vast wealth is actually just a whole bunch of little slips of paper upon which you have written $1 million. It's kind of like an emperor has no clothes moment. And it also seemed to indicate that Alameda Research was leaning very heavily on FTX, and that in itself raised a lot of red flags. Binance, led by Changpeng Zhao, you know, CZ, because these guys love themselves some initialisms, said that Binance was going to sell off its holdings in FTX. So it was going to sell off all of its FTT tokens. Following that, FTX customers in general start to withdraw their money from the exchange. Uh, And like in a couple of days, it had reached $6 billion worth of withdrawals. And it became somewhat clear that FTX wasn't going to have enough money to cover all customers' funds that were supposed to be in it. CZ said that Binance would swoop in and bail out FTX, and then literally one day later, essentially says, just kidding, and backs out of the promise. Three days after that, FTX filed for bankruptcy protection, and SBF resigned as CEO as uh, a part of that. John J. Ray III, who is something of an expert when it comes to liquidating companies to retrieve as much value as possible to deliver to stakeholders, enters the picture, he takes over FTX, and he begins to investigate what happened and what could be done to salvage whatever value remained. December 12, 2022 saw SBF arrested. 
At the time, he was in the Bahamas, which served as the headquarters for FTX, and he faced charges of fraud and conspiracy. He would be extradited to the U.S. on December 21st, 2022, and he would make his first appearance in federal court on December 22nd, and then would be released on a $250 million bond. Just a little reminder that folks like SBF live very different lives from compared to the rest of us. Anyway, he then goes to his parents' house in California where he is entered into house arrest. This brings us up to this year. So SBF would not actually go to court and enter a plea until early January 2023, and then he pled not guilty. The judge scheduled his trial for October 2023. SBF then went on to write a blog post and claimed that none of this was his fault, that really the collapse of FTX and Alameda Research were due to uh, problems in the crypto market in general, and that FTX was overextended, but it wasn't doing anything illegal. Essentially, he was denying everything. Meanwhile, several Alameda and FTX executives, or former executives, including SBF's own ex-girlfriend, pled guilty to charges of fraud and conspiracy, and they said essentially, oh yeah, no, no, we were totes doing illegal activity, and we knew about it, and we talked about it with each other. This, as you might imagine, didn't do much for SBF's own defense. On August 11th, 2023, a U.S. district judge reprimanded SBF on charges of witness tampering. So SBF's detention would no longer be house arrest because the judge had determined there was probable cause to suspect witness tampering. The judge remanded SBF to the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn, New York. I'm sure... This was a shocking change of venue for him at the time. On October 3rd, 2023, the trial began. And on October 28th, SBF would take the stand. His testimony and behavior were not seen as being particularly helpful to getting a not guilty decision from the jury. He was called out multiple times for lying on the stand. And by this point, the details of the Alameda FTX situation were much better understood than they were in the wake of the immediate crisis. So a big part of what was going on appeared to be that FTX sent funds to Alameda to help cover investments that had failed. So making sure that Alameda research didn't go under. The problem was the money that FTX was funneling to Alameda technically belonged to FTX's own customers and FTX didn't alert them or get permission for the transfer. And that was a big old fraud issue. So what was the best guess was that the folks at FTX thought, well, for the time being, let's cover Alameda's debts with FTX money from FTX customers. And then we'll return the money once Alameda recovers and no one will be the wiser. And as long as no one asks for their money, <laughs> we'll be fine because we can't give everyone their money back because we don't have it anymore. We gave it to Alameda. On November 2nd, 2023, a year to the day, when Coindesk published that damning report on FTX and Alameda, SBF had to face the jury. It took the jury less than five hours to find SBF guilty on seven counts of conspiracy and fraud. SBF faces sentencing this coming year on March 28th, 2024. So he's been found guilty. 
but his sentencing won't be until March of 2024. His legal team actually tried to have that sentencing delayed, but the judge had none of it and said, nope, it's going to go forward as planned. And SBF could face a maximum sentence of 110 years in jail. Now, I don't think anyone expects him to get the max, but the general consensus is that Unlike a lot of his fellow wealthy criminals, including one we're going to talk about after the break, he may face significant jail time, and we're talking about time that's measured in decades, not in years. And it is possible that the judge could throw the book at him and give him the maximum sentence because SBF was found to have lied on the stand in court, and judges typically don't really like that very much. All right, so that gets us up to speed with SBF. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll switch gears and talk about CZ. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. It's time to talk about CZ. And as I said earlier, his company, Binance, is the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world. And it's not even close. Uh, according to CoinMarketCap, Binance has a daily trading volume of around $18 billion per 24 hours. 
In second place is an exchange called UEEX, which has $9.6 billion per 24-hour period. So Binance is almost twice as large if we just go by trading volume. Now, there are other metrics we could use to measure how big a cryptocurrency exchange is. But generally speaking, Binance is the largest and everyone else is just fighting for second place. So what's the legal issue with CZ and Binance? Well, it largely deals with how CZ was pretty careful to locate Binance outside of U.S. jurisdiction and then get up to some shady business. In fact, it's a little bit of a mystery as to where Binance proper has its headquarters at any given time because it has bounced around a bit. There is a U.S.-based version of Binance, one that actually has a more narrow list of features and opportunities in order to be in compliance with U.S. law. So technically speaking, American citizens are only supposed to be able to access the U.S. version of Binance, which in itself is not the full version of Binance that everyone else can use. However, it was an open secret that if you had the money and the connections, you could engage with the quote-unquote real Binance, even if you were an American citizen. As Orwell might have put it, all Americans are created equal, but some are more equal than others. All right, so U.S. authorities had serious concerns about Binance, and those date back many years. There were concerns like money laundering, fraud, uh, violating international sanctions, uh, illegal money transfers, and stuff like this. Because a lot of criminals, such as, say, black hat hackers, will use cryptocurrency as their preferred way to be paid and to store wealth. And because CZ positioned Binance in a way so it was beyond reach of U.S. authorities, they worried that Binance was playing a vital role in criminal activity. It doesn't do you any good if you make a whole lot of money illegally, but then you don't have any way to spend that money. You need a way to realize the value of your ill-gotten gains without being tied to how you got that money in the first place. So you need some sort of money laundering. You know, maybe you're funding illegal activities overseas. You need to get a way to get that money over to your destination. Like, there are lots of issues with handling money if you are involved in criminal activities. And U.S. authorities were concerned that Binance was making it easier for the criminals to do that kind of stuff. So the authorities had started to investigate Binance all the way back in 2018, but it was really this year, 2023, when things started to come to a head. So in March 2023, the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission, or CFTC, brought civil charges against Binance. They accused the company of deliberately failing to put anti-money laundering measures in place and thus uh, effectively allowing money laundering to take place on the platform. Then in June 2023, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, brought 13 charges against CZ and Binance, accusing them of securities law violations. And not to be outdone, the U.S. Department of Justice brought criminal charges against Binance and CZ in late 2023. These charges include the failure to institute any money laundering practices and that Binance played a pivotal role in dark web operations, acting as a sort of clearinghouse for ill-gotten gains. On November 21st, 2023, CZ and Binance entered a guilty plea to the DOJ charges. As part of this deal, CZ would step down as Binance CEO. He also is ordered to pay a fine, like $200 million in fines, and he faces time in prison. But his maximum sentence is one century less 
than what SBF could face. SBF could receive up to 110 years in a sentence, but CZ, the max, it's just 10 years, which is wild, right? Because SBF was found guilty of fraud and conspiracy. CZ pleaded guilty to charges that essentially said he allowed massive criminal activity to happen across his platform. Activity that potentially ranges from ransomware hackers to arms dealers to terrorism to human trafficking. And he faces 10 years versus SBF's 110 years. What a world. Anyway, Binance itself will have to pay a fine of $4.3 billion with a B dollars, but it will still continue to exist just without CZ as CEO. So the SEC case, that one's still pending. So we're not out of the woods yet. There could be even more charges and penalties laid down before it's all said and done. Now that wraps up our look on Binance. Let's now spend just a couple of minutes talking about Bitcoin halving. So part of the design of Bitcoin involves how new Bitcoins come into existence. Technically, computers that are connected to the Bitcoin network are competing with each other to mine the next batch of Bitcoin that then get released into circulation. There's a finite number of Bitcoin that will ever exist, which is 21 million Bitcoin. And in an attempt to control the release of the currency into circulation, the amount awarded per block mined in the Bitcoin blockchain will change over time. Essentially, it gets cut in half every four years. The number of released Bitcoin will reduce by half each time this happens. And when Bitcoin first launched, if you were successful in mining a block on the blockchain, you would receive 50 Bitcoin. Now, that's worth a fortune today. But back then, Bitcoin was worth very little, like fractions of a penny. So it wasn't really seen as a lot when it was first launched. These days, that's a huge amount of money, right? But after the four years of folks mining Bitcoin in the early days, the amount then reduced to 25 Bitcoin per successful mining. Then we get down to 12.5 Bitcoin. Then most recently, in fact, currently, it's 6.25 Bitcoin per block mined. Uh, this actually reminds me of the paradoxical thought experiment. Let's say that you're in a room and there's a door on uh, one end of the room and you take a step toward the door and then you take a half step, then you take a quarter step and so on. So you half the distance you travel with each step forward. You're always moving forward, but you never reach the door. That's kind of similar to how Bitcoin releases happen. It's not exactly the same. It's not truly apples to apples, but it's close. Anyway, we'll leave Zeno and his dichotomy behind for the moment. As I record this, the value of Bitcoin stands at a little more than $43,000 per coin, which means if you were to mine the next block, you would get 6.25 Bitcoin, which means you would have more than a quarter of a million dollars worth of Bitcoin per block mined. This is what drives the insanely competitive Bitcoin mining community. That's the same community known to consume more electricity than some countries manage to do in a year. It's because mining one block nets you about a quarter of a million dollars and a new block is ready to be mined every 10 minutes. That's a huge incentive to get involved in Bitcoin mining. But next year, the number of Bitcoins awarded will have again down to 3.125, which means 
let's say that the value of Bitcoin remains the same. It's still at around $43,000. If you mined a block, you would receive the equivalent of 134,000 bucks and some change. It's still a princely sum for 10 minutes of work, but it's a huge drop from a quarter of a million dollars. And so there are now questions as to how this might affect Bitcoin. Will miners get discouraged and drop out? Because to be competitive in Bitcoin mining, you have to run very sophisticated and very expensive computer networks to be in the running. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to lose out to someone who's got a faster computer system than you do. Will they drop out because now the amount of money rewarded will be less and so it'll be harder to sustain the mining operation. It just won't make a sense from a return on investment perspective. Or will new miners come in with less powerful rigs and then fill in the gap and thus keep the thing running at more or less the same pace, but now with less computing power dedicated to it? It's hard to say. Uh, will the value of Bitcoin fall? And thus, once it starts to fall, it disincentivizes even more people from participating. Well, here's the truth of the matter. No one really knows yet. There are still folks who say that Bitcoin will hit $100,000 per coin before the end of this year, and we ain't got long left. By the time you listen to this, the year is ending, and uh, I would be shocked if it went up in value by 60 grand by the time this episode publishes. So we'll see. Anyway, that's the wrap-up on SBF, on CZ, and their legal woes, as well as the upcoming halving of Bitcoin. We'll see where things go. Uh, you know, it's it's so hard to determine where things are headed with cryptocurrencies, but uh, I, I remain skeptical of them in general. But, you know, I'm a grouchy old man, so that's always going to be the case. I hope you all have a happy new year. I hope you're healthy and safe and surrounded by loved ones. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.